Today is Friday, April 5th. This is Perspective from Politics NC. I'm Kirk Kovac. I'm here in Carborough with Thomas Mills. Thomas, how are you doing? Doing great, Kirk. Well, it's been a big week in the news for anyone that's been keeping up, and the biggest story and probably the the main focus of today is the uh, this unfolding scandal with the North Carolina Republican Party. So there was a major donor who tried to bribe an official, and a lot has happened since then. So could you walk us through basically the, the big picture of this? Well, um, there's a guy floating around North Carolina these days named Greg Lindbergh. He came on the scene three or four years ago writing great big checks. Um, a lot of $500,000 plus checks to uh, to mainly party committees, um, both part, both party committees and third party organizations that kind of dark money groups. And, uh, apparently he was, he's got, he owns insurance companies and he was having some problems with one of the employees at the North Carolina department of insurance. And, uh, he tried to to according to according to wire uh, recordings, he tried to get insurance commissioner Mike Causey to either fire an employee or get an employee to back off of some regulatory stuff in exchange for up to two million dollars in campaign contributions. Well, Causey went to the FBI and recorded the phone calls and. State Party Chair Robin Hayes apparently f- facilitated the calls um, between Causey and Lindbergh. At Lindbergh also had written, I think, $1.4 million to the North Carolina Republican Party. And uh, with that, Lindbergh, who's been on the, who's been reported on before because of the, the big contributions he was given, was back in the news. And when you look into it, He's touched almost every Republican in the major Republican in the state. Uh, Tim Moore, the Speaker of the House, said he'd met with him numerous times. Guy writes almost three hundred thousand dollars to the Republican House Caucus. The big recipient was uh, Dan Forrest, who he wrote almost three million dollars in checks to third-party organizations that Forrest owns runs. Um, and then he gave money to Congressman Mark Walker, asking Mark Walker to also call call Causey about something. I'm not, you know, nobody's sure what it was. Walker acknowledges that he called Causey on um, uh, Feld, uh, Lindbergh's behalf, but what he doesn't say is why he called him, and he says he did nothing wrong. Regardless, it, it sure looks dirty, and then... The papers are trying to say, well, Democrats took money, too, and that's not exactly true. Apparently, the guy gave money to Wayne Goodwin, who was the insurance commissioner who lost his bid to Causey. And uh, then when Goodwin became chair of North Carolina Democratic Party, he gave a hefty chunk of money to the North Carolina Democratic Party, $500,000 to the party, and I think $250,000 to a building fund for the upkeep of the headquarters so he, he gave big money but it was really confined to one person it wasn't like what was going on in the republican party where everybody was feeling his love 
And uh, the question is, is where does it go now? Causey indicates that there might be more indictments in this probe. We'll see. I know one thing you pointed out when this first started to unfold is is how you mentioned, I think, Dan Forrest is head or he started a, a PAC for, I guess, Republican Council of State candidates. But what Lindbergh did for them is a completely legal way to spread money. Like, he can give as much money to that PAC as he wants. Right. And then they can spend it on whoever. And I know... Um, Robin Hayes, who is the chairman of the Republican Party in the state, got into some hot water like last year because he he basically described, I think, what he did is like, you know, you could just write a check for X amount of dollars and give it to me as the as the committee of the Republican Party. And then we can send it to whoever. It's like a a way to funnel money to a candidate and circumvent the the law. Right. It's 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 a problem. It's really what happened when. First, McCain, Feingold, and then and then Citizens United uh, decided that it was better to give money to third-party organizations than it was to candidates or part state parties. And th- these are the dark money organizations, um, to a large degree. They they're they're officially not uh, they're officially nonpartisan. They're not officially with a candidate, and yet. Uh, are, are controlled by a candidate, and yet it's really, as we've all seen, it's all just a wink and a nod. I mean, part of, part of what this done, has done is it's just blown up the whole facade that there's any sort of separation between what Forrest is running and his actual campaign. This guy, this guy wrote, you know, a million and a half dollars, I think, to one of Forrest's uh, campaign campaign organizations. That's that's an, in all for all intents and purposes. That's a million and a half dollars to Forrest. And, and uh, you know, that we can pretend like it's not, but it is. And is, is it abiding by the law? Sure. But that, that's the weakness. That's, that's the flaw in our campaign finance system. And it's also why people think the system's rigged. How many people can give a million and a half dollars to a campaign? Not a lot. Right. And when you described, uh, I think they called him like, uh, official A or something, but it soon came out. People put together that it, they were talking about Mark Walker um, had been involved in this somehow. I don't think he's he's not in trouble for anything. He's not indicted, but uh, in the the story I read from WRAL, it described him basically receiving checks from Lindbergh and then calling like Causey a few days later and saying, "Hey, this this Lindbergh guy is good for business in North Carolina," and then after that. Lindbergh writes a hundred and fifty grand check for one of his committees, and it's like somebody wrote about it, and it, it feels like as close to a quid pro quo as you could get without it being one. But right. I mean, it's 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 flirting with breaking the law. It feels like, but not quite. Right, and 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 you know, to be honest, it's probably going on all over the country all the time with all these with all these uh, uh, elected officials of both parties. You know, it it's. Um, they're making sure that they cross all their T's and dot all their I's and nothing's illegal. I mean, we're seeing it here. Uh, Speaker Tim Moore has been under investigation for uh, taking contracts from, from people who have business before the, the, the House and Senate. He's got he got sweetheart um, uh, uh, real estate deals where, he, where they bought a piece of land for like 
fifty or sixty thousand dollars and sold it a couple of years later for five hundred thousand dollars. It's all legal. I mean, that's the thing. It, the, the the graft that's going on is legal, and that's the problem with it. Is that that they're not breaking the law. And uh, until we fix this campaign finance system, we're going to continue to see scandals like this. It's, it's a shame that they seem to be centered in North Carolina these days. Well, that was another question I wanted to raise because I know there was, because Wayne Goodwin is involved in this and a lot of people are trying to uh, get both sides it in a way. Do you, this The last few scandals in this state, and most of them have been in the past few months really, all center around one party. Do you think it's because... The Republicans have, you know, just more power in the state and they happen to be the ones that can do this or is, I you mean, know, what do it, you think of that? It Scandals tend to follow parties that are in power. Right. When, when parties have too much power, one, one of the problems that Republicans have done everything they can to reduce competition. I mean, to me, the, one of the big ironies of watching Republicans govern is on the one hand, they're free market people who tell us that competition makes everything better. The one place where it should really make things better, which is elections, they've tried to eliminate as much competition as possible. And one of the things that competition does is it forces it, it, it enforces a certain amount of accountability. And I don't think they've had they've had enough accountability. I mean, Democrats Democrats had scandals as long as they had uncontrolled power, and it really brought them down a decade ago. Republicans, in, a, in 10 years, Republicans are where it took Democrats 140 years to be. And so all the scandals right now are focused on the people in power. Lindbergh, look, if Democrats had been in power, with, had as much power as the Republicans did, Lindbergh probably would have been giving money to Democrats. He gave money to Goodwin, and, and mainly because Wayne, I think, he had a relationship with Wayne from, from his years as an insurance commissioner. Um he wasn't really interested in trying to get much out of the other Democrats. So, you know, he, money follows power, and that's why you have scandals. What do you make of the the Republican Party, the NCGOP, like Robin Hayes and, and Woodhouse, because they they were in they were defending Mark Harris so much during all that in the Ninth District, and then in this case, uh, I know they released a statement the day after uh, Hayes went into court, and and they didn't even mention him as one right. person that had been indicted. I mean, what do you make of the way the Republican leadership has been dealing with scandals this year? I, I think it. I think it's a reflection of, of uh, Trumpism on the Republican Party. I mean, they're, they're following the Donald Trump playbook. Um, if you'll remember, when, when the scandal first broke in the Ninth District and it, and it became clear that there was some really, really ugly um, uh, fraud— Woodhouse and Hayes initially said, well, if this is true, then there needs to be a new election. Two or three days later, they reversed themselves completely and, and, and went all in on the Mark Harris should be um, seated because he won the election. It, it really, it sounded, you could almost hear Donald Trump doing it. You know, just deny, deny, deny there's anything wrong. And, and then lie and lie and lie and hoping that it, that, that it works out. And then when it doesn't, pretend like it didn't happen. Well, that was true. You never and saw anything in the ninth, after the Ninth District. You never saw Woodhouse or Hayes come out and say, oh, we were wrong. Just let it go. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking even after Harris called for a new election, there was criticism because I think they sent out a fundraising email saying Democrats had called for a new election or Democrats are, are stealing this district from right. us. Right, exactly. Just continue that same language. Even after they sort of seemed to agree you know, publicly, yep. it's almost related, I think, to how Tom Tillis wrote the op-ed in the Washington Post and then just changed his mind when it was more convenient. It seems like that's a bit of a pattern, you know. Pay lip, ser- like pay lip service to something or, or do whatever you want to after the fact. Right. I, I think, I think that's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, uh, kind of a head, head in the sand mentality about it. It's, it's, pre- or, or not head in the sand, but just let's pretend like it didn't happen. Um, and, and, and continue beating the same drum we were beating beforehand. And part, part of it is going after a base that'll believe anything they say and the worst about Democrats under all circumstances. Well, yeah, that was another thing I was thinking with this scandal and the the one in the ninth district. It with it revolving around one party. Do you think people will take notice that it is one side that tends to be doing it in this state, or do is this just proof positive that politicians are as corrupt as anybody might say they are, or how people perceive them? To you be? know, I, th- I think I think we we live in a state where people follow follow the state, so. I don't know if it, it, it will uh, go to the national brand or not, but the North Carolina Republican brand is damaged right now, and they desperately, desperately need to get some sort of reset. I mean, they need, they need to throw Hayes overboard. They need to probably change the entire staff at the party. Um, you know, they probably should be sending back that Lindbergh money, but they're, but they're not. They're following the Trump playbook. You know, hang in there, you know, let these things pass. I mean, we saw it with, with, with everything crude that came out during his election. Trump, any other candidate, if some of the tapes and things had come out during the campaign, probably would have ba- bowed out of the election. Trump didn't. And what he showed these guys is, is you know, doesn't matter how bad you are. Doesn't matter how corrupt you are. If you just stick to your guns, you can survive it and you'll keep going. I mean, guy's still president of the United States. And it, 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 half his his campaign got almost his entire campaign uh, uh, senior campaign team got is, is a, either under indictment or in jail, and yet this guy's president of the United States. This is what they've learned, you know. Just double down, stick with it. You can survive, and I think that's where they go. I don't even know if I might not be up to date on this, but I think as of yesterday or the day before, I mean, Robin Hayes is still. He's still he's chair. Still chair right? That's right. He he said he's relinquished most. most of his duties, but he's not stepping down as chair. And uh, you know, um, Dallas Woodhouse is still executive director. Um, it's it's just you know but he it, hasn't tweeted for a few days though. No, but it, but it's uh, but anyhow, it's it this this is the mentality I think that you've got, and maybe this is where politics is going. It's like you know, it's just words. Nothing matters. I mean, like 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 you said, Tillis's op ed. All it was was a bunch of words on paper. The fact that it ended up in the Washington Post, well, that's one thing, but didn't mean any. Clearly, didn't mean anything. Well, Mark, Mark Walker, he was the one that was floated as possibly going to primary Tillis, wasn't he? I doubt he is yeah, I now. Say, <laughs> I doubt he is now. Tillis is probably the one man rejoicing over that in the Republican Party. I don't know, even Tillis had put out some nice words about Robin Hayes. I think the day before the uh, hammer right. fell down on all this stuff. So. Um, everybody seems to be really connected there. You, 
I know Jeff Jackson, as a prominent Democrat, said we should give back all the money. Uh, yeah. The Democrats should give back all the money, and the Republicans should probably give back all the money. What do you make of that? Do you think I, I think I think you need – I think, yeah, I, well, look, it's not unilateral disarmament. Yes, I think people – all sides should give it back. Democrats would be given back $500,000. Republicans would be given back $6 million. So, you know, um, the, the the problem with some of that is, is like the money that was there for Goodwin was money that was uh, spent during the 2016 campaign. So there's nothing there. There's no money to give back. The the thing about Forrest, all that money Forrest got hit, that money was given after he won in 2016 before 2020, that money's still sitting in a pile somewhere, and he's not giving it back. Um, you know, you can argue the Democratic Party, the $500,000 of the Democratic Party was probably spent during the 2018 election. But this money that went to Council of State, Republicans can argue the same thing. They spent it in the 2018 election, maybe. But anything that happened after the 2018 election, anything that went into to, to, to coffers that, were, that are geared towards a 2020 election, that money ought to go back. Do you think that this has much staying power? Like, for example, 2020 election, Roy Cooper running against Dan Forrest. Do you think he's going to be able to bring up his, like, you know, Dan Forrest? Is oh, I think Dan Forrest is tainted. I, I think I, I think Dan Forrest has, has – I would be very surprised if you don't see a, a Republican primary challenge from somebody who's credible. Um, and in that primary, a lot of the primary ends up focusing on Forrest and his money. Uh, I mean, I – there, there, there. Apparently, there's more. I mean, Forrest was closer to this guy than just. Yeah. Um, he was a host for his birthday. Right. Yeah. I mean, Forrest. What what it shows is poor judgment. Well, do you think that there is? I I see uh, from like conservative blogs in this state uh, that there's a lot of disdain for like the NCGOP leadership and I think some of the leadership just more broadly. Uh, but do you think there is an appetite for, I, guess, I don't know if it's still Tea Party, but that type of group to sort of, like you say, um, primary Dan Forrest? I mean, isn't he ideologically closer to them, but he's just more of an elite type in the party? I mean, how do they make that I, difference? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where, I mean, the, the Republican Party is such a different party than it was even just a few years ago. Um Back in 2014, when you had a primary, I, I I was I wrote about what I saw was the three factions of the Republican Party. One was was the establishment represented by Tillis. The other was the the evangelical wing represented by Mark Harris, and then um, guy from Kerry, a doctor from Kerry, whose name I can't Bannon, uh, Brannon. Uh, there was a guy named Brandon who represented, he ran as a libertarian. And I thought those were kind of the wings of the party, the libertarian, traditional establishment, and then the, the evangelical wing. Now it seems to me that there's there's the, the, the ascendant wing of the party is a populist group that is maybe uh, based around those evangelicals, but it but it's gotten beyond them. And, uh, you know, it's it's a... I don't know if that's where the primary comes. I mean, Forrest has really pandered to those people hard, or whether what what you have is somebody um, from from maybe a young, the younger generation who I, I think I think you have a lot of younger Republicans, younger conservatives who are not at all happy with the direction of their party, either the populist wing or the establishment wing, and it would be interesting to see if somebody rises out of that. The problem is is 
getting support for younger voters in primaries is tough since the average age is about 60. Well, I think I saw just a few minutes ago before we started uh, the young Republican group for the state. I don't know the exact name, but I think they called for the entire clean house for the GOP leadership. And I feel like that seems like a good idea. I mean, it seems like since the beginning of this, I guess since last November's election and everything that's really transpired since that, it seems like the whole the whole party at the top has been pretty tainted. So it'll be interesting to see if anything comes of that, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it'll be uh, it's probably the right thing to do. But uh, it, people do not let go of power easily. No, no. Well, uh, Mike Causey, I think he kind of alluded to a reporter that there might be more um, to come from this yep. story. And it seems like it seems like that that very well could be true just because only four people, I think, were indicted initially. But if you're talking about throwing around millions of dollars, you'd think there'd be a good number of people involved somehow. So. Right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, I imagine there'll be more uh, to this next week. So I think we'll try and meet again and talk about it then. That sounds good, Kirk. Thanks for having me.